0: Hello and welcome to the Steph Sanzaro podcast. My name is Steph and it is such a pleasure to have you here with me for another episode. This podcast is a space for open and honest conversation. A space for my guests and I to lean into vulnerability and to talk about the things that are really important to us, the things that we wanna raise awareness for. Today's episode is a very special one. Today we are going to be discussing learning to value yourself, finding self-love and appreciation. My guest today is a female empowerment coach and I have no doubt in my mind that you will be feeling empowered by the time you finish this episode. So without further ado, I would love to welcome Laura Grady. Laura, welcome to the Steph Sanzaro podcast. I'm so excited to have you here with me. Um, First of all, welcome. Thank you. I'm really excited to talk to you because you are someone that I have really resonated with through Instagram, the wonderful world of Instagram, and I think a lot of your message and everything that you value really aligns, and I think that a lot of my listeners are going to find the same thing today. So I'd love you to start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your backstory.
1: Amazing. Firstly, thank you so much for having me. Again, I was saying to anybody listening, I was saying to Steph just before how deeply grateful I am that we're doing this together. It's awesome because I love her podcast. I think it's amazing. Um, my name is Laura Grady. Um, I'm a women's empowerment coach. Uh, I have a very strong mission on the planet to help align, inspire and empower as many women as possible. I think that women are just incredible human beings. Like They're just amazing when they get to tap into their power and when they get to understand that they're enough and they're just amazing. (laughs) So um yeah, so that my my background, I'm I'm in the coaching space. I am a coach, obviously women's empowerment coach. Um, I have been doing this, I'm in my fourth year now working in the coaching space. It's been a bloody journey, may I tell you that much. Uh, like anybody who does coaching, it is a journey. Um, and sort of my background, um, yeah, like why I got into it, perhaps, I'm not entirely sure. Is that somewhere where you'd want me to go? <laughs>
0: yeah, I think that would be really helpful. Like, l- let's just get to know you a little bit better here. Amazing.
1: Um, so growing up, I had a lot of um, self-worth problems. Uh, a lot of issues around food, body image problems, really high anxiety, um, really high anxiety, like to the point where, you know, you have high anxiety and you're in a stress state for such a long time that you get adrenal fatigue, which sure we all know about, <laughs> and it completely wipes you out. Um, and so I had those experiences. And all throughout that time, I my parents would make me go and see psychologists and I couldn't connect with them they were like don't get me wrong they're amazing and they're fantastic for the right people um I didn't resonate it didn't feel right to me and I kind of had this whole complex of like I'm special I'm so messed up no one can help me blah 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 and feeling like I wasn't enough and that obviously comes from all these little moments in childhood which we all experience and sometimes it's so small yeah. um, and then I fell into coaching I was studying and I'd already started studying to become a psychologist and hated it. <laughs> oh, I couldn't stand it. I'm still doing it now. I'm still doing the psych study. Um, and one day, maybe we'll finish. Um, who knows? <laughs> I'm very slow at it because I have a full-time business that is keeps me very busy. Uh, so I fell into the coaching space and it fully changed my life. Mm. It, like, really turned things around. I realised I had control. And it was like a light bulb moment for me. And it just like, I get emotional thinking about those moments in my life where I go, oh my God, like that was the turning point. And yeah, and now I've just been addicted to
0: growth ever since. (laughs) Amazing. What did that turning point feel like to you from going from being a place of scarcity to then thriving? Well, it's still been a
1: journey. So it's not like we're always like, oh my God, I'm throwing, 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 Like we have moments, yeah. But that turning point was a lot of inner, honestly, it was through inner child work. I did a lot of inner child work um, and through studying
0: it? a big pattern. Sorry, Gorge. I was just wondering if you wouldn't mind explaining what inner child work is just for the listeners who are really new to this work, who have never done it before. Yeah, beautiful. So in a child, I mean, there's many different ways of doing
1: it. You can do it through hypnotherapy. I've done it through hypnotherapy, time therapy, all these different modalities. Um, But it's essentially like there's a larger part of us, there's a part of us, a piece of us that acts like a child sometimes. (laughs) It is our um, sort of like our primal brain just responds really quickly. And that part of us can feel like it takes over the whole of us a lot when we get emotionally triggered and when something pops up for us. And so um, doing the inner child work is connecting to that piece of us and to that part of us and making it feel safe and feeling loved Um, because we, we do store all these memories, you know, throughout our body or, you know, just in general, we store these memories about our life and you can change those memories and shift those memories for sure, through, through a lot of deep inner work. But connecting to that little girl inside of all of us who doesn't feel worthy and doesn't feel loved is so powerful because it means that you're deepening the connection to yourself and that relationship that you have with you. And that fully changed my whole world. Like, I spend so much time with my little girl <laughs> every day.
0: <laughs> oh, it sounds like it. Can you tell me what type of things you do to embrace her? Um, I
1: like to live a life of joy and cause that little girl is obviously gets really triggered and responds very quickly. Like just reacts, not responds, reacts very fast and I have to slow that down. Um, but I like to tap into the child like mine. Like I'm quite bubbly. I'm quite excited because I like to live a life of joy mm. and I allow my little child who needs joy and excitement. Like I dance around the house all the time I'm constantly dancing I have a head like music in my ears and I'm always dancing I'm always like you know singing to myself doing something like that I'm connecting to my joy and I'm connecting to that part of me that loves to sing loves to dance not very good at it but loves it <laughs> so doesn't <it> anyway <laughs> and then when I'm not feeling good I also I connect to that sometimes I will often journal about it um, and write down how I'm feeling and just knowing that it's all okay yeah. It's fine to feel like it's so, it's the best thing you can ever do. Um, and I hold myself as well, especially when I'm triggered. I fully hold myself um, and I know I've got me.
0: Yeah. Mm. Like for the listeners that can't see us right now, I've just watched you like embrace your arm. Yeah. Your arm <laughs> and like to be held like that, it's actually phenomenal. I don't know if you've ever done a practice of yoga before where they ask you to really hold yourself and breathe deeply. Mm. Like, I've almost teared up before just to be held in such a special way. Like, it's important for us to hold ourselves. Mm.
1: Because we can so often look for it externally. Like, we think, like, oh, you know, my partner or my friend is going to hold me and hold space for me. It's like, no, I've got me. Or even a parent, yeah? Like, I've taken on this and this comes from, like... RTT which is a form of therapy, but I've taken this whole idea of like, no, I am my loving parent. Like I am my parent and I have me. I've got me, you know? So it's a it's a beautiful and I get all like, ah, like goose bumpy when I talk about it. <laughs> but it's the best way to be
0: because then I'm not constantly searching for it externally. Mm. I think what you've just said then is really important because I don't think a lot of people understand the the love within that we're taught to seek it from external sources yet we're most often than not like met with a lot of disappointment yep Mm. absolutely and you tell me the importance of really developing that inner self-worth it's it reflects in it
1: it's a reflection of everything in your life if you've got you you're looking after you it it changes your world like in the best way possible your relationships get better they get deeper with everybody um your work gets better abundance flows in you know you you just feel good day to day and you like listen you fully listen to yourself you know and most of us like we numb we try and go oh I'm just not going to think about it and I've done that I've fully numbed and like not listened to my body and not been in tune with what I needed and it gives you the opportunity to slow down and be like, hey, what do I need? What do I need, do I
0: need right now? What's most important? <laughs> and you can tap into that. What type of things were you doing to numb yourself? Um
1: I've done all of it, I think. Um <laughs> I would I would overwork. I still fall into that trap. And I I do work a lot and I work very hard, but it's becoming more aligned and it feels a lot better now. And I'm calling in the support to build my team because I have a very big thriving, like it's becoming a very big thriving business. So I need the team to support that. Um, And I used to not trust anybody as well. So I used to have that issue pop up, Mm. which is very interesting, but it's, I would, yeah, I would numb. I would do a lot of drinking uh, a lot of drinking. Um, yeah, but not in like a healthy way, like binge drinking. Mm. Um, I was horrible to myself and also like the, I would emotionally eat. So it would be the binger. Um, I had a couple of years there where I was the purger as well, <laughs> binge and purge, which was not good. Um, mm, yeah. So I, I, and that was like all these coping strategies that I used that just didn't didn't work out like it was fully numbing because I was like oh there's clearly something going on here but I didn't know how to go there so I'm just gonna stuff my face or drink or you know find someone to fix me like my a boyfriend or whatever it might be and I, I looked for it everywhere didn't realize it came from in here <laughs> I like, just connected to this oh my god it would have changed my world
0: yeah absolutely thank you for sharing that first of all it's it's really beautiful to hear those types of things because I think that's, that's something that a lot of us can relate to. Falling into those habitual patterns, it's, it's quite normal. I think a lot of us do it. But I think switching from that perspective that, hang on, is this actually hiding a deep pain within me? That awareness can change everything. Mm. Let's mm. talk about trying to get to that pain, uncovering that pain, becoming more familiar with it. Can you take me through an example in your life where you've had to do that?
1: I'm like trying to pick from the thousands of examples. <laughs> I'm like going, oh, where do I even get started on that? Um, so an example where I had to do some inner work on it. Um, yep. Yeah, so I, in relationships, is really codependent. I had a, a massive codependency piece, which is basically where, you rely on somebody else to make you happy. Um, and I was also like the martyr where I would fix all of, I had to fix all of my boyfriends, <laughs> poor boyfriends. Um, luckily I've dealt with that pattern. So <laughs> hopefully I don't have to deal with that anymore. Um, so I had to do so much you know, work on that and uh, realizing that I'm enough and I've got me was really, really vital and really important and kind of undoing the conditioning because growing, growing up, my parents are amazing, very much rely on each other, which they should to a degree. Um, But I thought, and from like fairy tales and all this sort of stuff that there is like a man who's, you know, a knight in shining armor who's going to come and save you and fix all of your problems. It doesn't fix shit. Like he can't fix it for you. (laughs) You think he can, he can't do anything. So I had to kind of rewrite all of that conditioning and I did that through a lot of hypno work. I, had, I have seen like a ton of coaches, you know, and any, any, well, I still do. Like I literally just invested in one like nine o'clock this morning, not even joking. Yeah. yeah, It's awesome because I am a coach and I work in this field deeply, mm. but I have stuff that always comes up. Yeah. That's part of it. So I, had to, I invested deeply into it. I did a lot of journaling around it. I noticed myself when I was falling into those patterns and I, and I could feel it because I, I feel things deeply in my body. I feel it in my stomach when I feel that like, ooh, you're like, you're being dependent. You're thinking this person's going to fix everything. And I go, okay, where is this coming from? How's my little girl feeling? What does she need from me that I'm not giving her that she thinks is going to get, she's going to get from this person? What do I need to give her? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, pretty powerful stuff. And so I did that through obviously working with a lot of coaches, obviously doing a lot of work on my own and doing a lot of journaling and really just being aware because sometimes it's not even that you need to shift too much. Like if, you, if this is really deep into anybody who's listening, I prefer to work with a coach with this stuff. Like I know I can do a lot of it by myself, but I just like being held with a coach. <laughs> I like someone holding space for me. It's much more comforting to be completely honest, don't get me wrong, you can do it on your own, um, but this process is faster, and I am a recovering perfectionist, so I will try and perfect my way of working with my inner child, or I'll perfect my way of working on my stuff, which is not good, (laughs) because when we try and perfect it, you're beating yourself up against, like you're beating your head against a brick wall, you're beating yourself up so much, which just lengthens out the process and how long it takes to move through it. So I just prefer working with someone on it.
0: (laughs) Wow. Thank you so much for going there. I know that I I poked a little bit there and I prodded, but I think you were so ready to go there and I'm really glad that you did because you've just layered so many different things out there for the listener that it's just like awareness, awareness, boom, boom. Like so much can come from starting to unravel and look within. Can I ask you, how has doing the inner work really helped you, you know, improve or perhaps it hasn't your anxiety that you were saying was really, really bad?
1: Oh, yes. Oh, I love this question. Um, I don't really experience it anymore. <laughs> it comes up, but every time it comes up, it's an entirely like I would never be like, why am I feeling this this way? I'd be like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like totally fair enough, feel what you're going to feel and it moves through me so fast because the whole idea around like anxiety and being anxious and having a fear response, obviously it's different if it's like all day long, you might, you know, there's other ways of dealing with that. But um, when you're having those fear responses, sometimes they can be quite constant. You can have a lot during the day, but it's actually a natural, like having that fight or flight response is very normal to be experiencing if it's like heightened and you're experiencing all day long, every day, that's not great. Um, that's where I was where it was like all the time, like constantly in fear. Uh, but working on the inner work yet yeah, slowed down my nervous system a lot, a lot. Uh, so if I feel, like, Oh yeah, that's, you know, it's kind of there, but you know, it's not, it doesn't like linger and linger and linger. So instead of like reacting or responding to the same event that has set me off, days and days and days and days and days maybe it's like two weeks I've worked with clients where it's been like they've been still reacting responding and stuck in the past from an event that happened six months ago or two years ago you know so instead of doing that you work through it within like 24 hours boom
0: cool (laughs) ready to move on move forward there are going to be so many people listening to this going I need that in my life right now (laughs) yeah anxiety is super common and I think especially now in today's world like there's so many of us seeking perfection and trying to be good and we're seeking validation from others, but to, yeah, to just disconnect from that a little bit, it it brings so much peace and I have experienced pretty much the same sort of flow that you have just becoming more aware, doing more work on myself. Like my anxiety now is like, I, I just don't feel it unless it's like I'm getting my period and I'm feeling a little bit, you know, but yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I love, mm-hmm. I love mindfulness for that.
1: Oh, yeah. Meditate like anybody who's listening. You fully straight off the bat, if you are not doing mindful practices or if you're not meditating and taking moments for yourself, you got to start like straight off the bat, first thing you can do. It will make a massive, massive difference. It fully, fully slows down your nervous system.
0: Mm. so you mentioned that you journal you meditate like what what else do you do for me i just dis- i dance so much it's
1: not even funny <laughs> i feel bad the other day i was doing it and i
0: was dancing naked
1: <laughs> i saw my elderly neighbors and i'm like oh my
0: god what am i doing welcome <laughs> for the show guys
1: <laughs> i felt bad oh my like, god i could give them a heart attack after that jesus <laughs> it's not <so> good <laughs> just made
0: their day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: So yeah, Dancing, I
1: move I move my body. I like to move my body a lot.
0: Yeah. And that is so important for our mental health as well. I don't think people understand just how much moving your body can create endorphins and oh just yeah. It's shaking it out is amazing.
1: Always, always. It's that whole like idea that, you know, animals they they will experience like really traumatic, stressful events where a predator's trying to get them and they have that massive rush in their body. And then the second that it's finished and they're okay in every, like, with every animal, they shake it so they don't have it in their body. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> and I do it now too. Sometimes I go, and I fully shake my body. To just go, ah, oh, that's done now. Let's keep going.
0: Yep, that's brilliant. So you mentioned that you've done a lot of the inner work yourself and you've really learned and built up about a foundation of how to value yourself. Can you give the listeners any tips to help themselves start really valuing themselves? Mm -hmm. Take some time every day for yourself. Well,
1: yeah. And every time you're thinking or expecting someone else to give you what you want or what you need ask yourself what am I not doing for me how am I not showing up for myself because a big part of self-love is showing up for you because how are you meant to love yourself you're not even fucking showing up sorry part of my French I don't know if we're allowed to swear
0: (laughs) (laughs) wow I love that you said that I think a lot of us distract ourselves and make ourselves too busy priorities and usually we're the last on that list but I always think about the more the more benefit that we can provide to others in our life if we actually do decide to put ourselves first mm-hmm. have more to give if your cup is already full
1: yeah mm. yeah and even like you know showing up for yourself is not just putting on a face mask and being like okay I've done it it's having a difficult conversation with a friend if they're asking too much of you it's implementing boundaries it's having values that you stand for and abiding by them um you know doing the thing that you say you're gonna do it's really showing up it's it's like almost like a job honestly it's like a full-time job
0: (laughs) absolutely it really is I have a beautiful friend at the moment who she's also a coach but she's also really struggling with being kind to herself and always thinking that she needs to expect more and, or not expect more, sorry, but do more and like be this ultimate person for her clients. But um, mm. I said, like, I need you to be so much kinder to yourself. Like, you're doing such an amazing job, but it's so hard for maybe women in particular to just be kind and nice to themselves.
1: Yeah, we're taught we're not enough. Like, straight out the womb basically we are taught we're not enough think about the marketing that we see think about the way there's like this massive competition with women there's this these major sisterhood wounds that we're all dealing with like we're taught we are not enough and same for men too don't get me wrong i just work mostly with women um but we're taught we're not enough from a very very early age and we're taught that to be enough we've got to achieve We've got to um, do something for someone else. Obviously like this coach, probably the martyr like wants to fix everybody to fill up her self esteem and self self worth that will come from when she was a child. Someone would have been like, Oh my God, you know what? Oh my gosh, She's so sweet. Oh, she's so giving. She's so caring. And she went, Oh, that's how I get praise. That's how I get love. Okay, good. I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. That was me. <laughs> I did that too, <laughs> you know, but Um, for any coaches that are listening, which I'm sure there will be, you cannot, and as much as you want to, you actually can't fix other people. Like my job's not to fix someone. My job is to show someone how to fix themselves.
0: Well, (laughs) if that is not the line of the episode, I don't know what is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's brilliant. Brilliant because I think no one can really fix us unless it is ourselves. And if we want to change, we actually have to want to change. Mm. And that's, yep. the, that's the really big thing. I think a lot of people start coaching and then they don't realize like, like buy a coaching program and realize like how much work it's actually going to be. And then they're just kind of like, well, they expected you to fix them, <laughs> but no, like you guys actually need to do the work. That's yep. the only way it's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I can't want it more than someone else. Mm-hmm. If I'm wanting it more than them, then it's it's the wrong fit and they they're not ready. Yeah. Absolutely. I can I really care and I I really care about my clients and I've been told so many times like you need to stop caring. <laughs> and and I'm like no, that's part of who I am and I'm not going to remove that piece of me. Like I love that I care about women. I love it mm-hmm. and I will never stop. So that doesn't work for me, I'm gonna keep doing me. Um, but I also know that like I can't I can't fix everyone and that's not my job to. And there are some things where it's not gonna be aligned, and that's fine. Because you're not just like when you work with someone, you're not just helping them, you're helping all the people that they spend the most time with. And then that little teaching or that little lesson that you explain to them, they'll help someone else with, and then it will just ricochet and it goes out everywhere.
0: Oh, that's so amazing. <laughs> I'm just imagining this big like ripple effect of like self-love and worth just like rippling out all over Australia, and the world. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's
1: changing. The whole space is changing right now.
0: Definitely. What is the number one thing your clients come to you for? Like what do they want the most?
1: Oh there's so many like I'm just trying to think they want to like themselves
0: mm. and yeah I was talking about before like why they don't like themselves do you think it is like do you think it's society do you think it's you know what our friends said or school or these types of things yeah it's all of that
1: it's our conditioning and conditioning can come from society it, which it does it absolutely does come from society it comes from family it can't and like not intentionally either like nobody intends to screw up their kid like it's not your mother doesn't have a child and say I'm gonna mess you up like no one's doing that <laughs> no one's doing that you know it's never intentional um there's generational beliefs that I believe get passed down through family just because like a mother will believe something or react in a certain way and child goes oh I want to be like mommy and then does the same thing later on in life and we have lots of coping strategies early in childhood to be able to survive Mm -hmm. and we will do whatever it takes to be able to get love because we know if we're loved we will survive Mm -hmm. so as children like we and there's all these like beliefs and all of these habits that we might have and we beat ourselves up for having them but in reality it makes so much sense like uh, this is from a child this is from when you were small and you didn't have an understanding and you didn't know and you were trying to make sure that you were loved by the people around you, so you needed to do that. It just doesn't work now. It's just not. It what you did then does no does not any longer work for you. And you want something better. You want to up level, and that's great.
0: Absolutely, it's about understanding that like what's happened in the past, it wasn't wrong, but like you are where you are today because of that, and it has made you stronger. And now you are wanting to change. You're wanting to improve, and I think. For a long time, I was very similar. I believed I was not enough. And I believed that like my story, everything that had happened to me was like, I was sitting in that and I was being the victim in that. But when I started to realize like, you know, that's just a story. What happened? Everyone's saying things to me, the little events, the the things that, you know, they molded me and conditioned me. Like that's not wrong. It wasn't wrong. But now I have the choice to change or move or deviate as I like to say away from that conditioning and to really lead on the path that I want to walk down and be the person that I want to be and I think that's the big thing like the first thing that you need to do to start doing that is to actually start to value yourself yeah and I love it
1: it. (laughs) absolutely absolutely I really really love that it's it's so interesting what conditioning does to all of us I like to say as well that like every single thing that happens to anybody in the world like everybody has pain everybody has trauma like it's just about what we've all experienced and we can go through the comparison of like my shit's worse than your shit but that doesn't matter we all felt it it doesn't matter like I've had like I've gone back into pivotal moments in my life where like in special especially with inner child work and with hypno work and all that kind of thing I've gone back to those very specific points in my life And it's literally been that like one of my friends didn't want to hang out with me as a five-year-old and chose someone else over me. Mm. And like sisterhood wound was developed right in that moment. Yeah. And like, Oh, I don't trust that, you know, people are going to show, I don't trust that people love me immediately. Like we made these beliefs. A child doesn't understand that, Hey, that you can have many friends and you can do all these things. And we continue to hold those beliefs. But It's like so silly. It doesn't make any sense. No,
0: it's just, like a small event like that, something that really doesn't seem like much to us now, but like that has created a full line of belief and conditioning in our whole entire life. Yeah. And then you start to realize and you start
1: to become aware of these beliefs and you go, oh my gosh, like that's, that is a story. Actually, that doesn't, that's so interesting. My poor little girl who had to go through that. And, you know, I always like to say, like, what would I have said to her in those moments like what would I would have pulled her aside and how would I have spoken to her you know I would have said look lovely, this is perfectly fine your friend is allowed to have other friends and you're enough and you are worthy and there are so many little kids here who want to play with you you know that's what I would have said as a teacher that's what the teachers would have said but you know we can't have that our parents can't do that for us in childhood all the time teachers can't do that friends can't do that it's impossible to have that happen so Doesn't matter how great or how bad your experiences were, you're still going to be carrying beliefs.
0: Hmm. Exactly right, and you know, I think if you start to realize, like, once you get a hold of this belief and conditioning, like, ball of knowledge in your mind, you can actually start to see the people around you when they're acting from that place. So, like, you can be like, "Oh, that's triggered them." Like, you can see their change in persona or their their reaction. And it's really interesting because then you can become aware of like the people around you and become more compassionate towards them and their condition. I mean, I think that's a beautiful part of the work as well as just being like more understanding and more empathetic that we're all just human. That guy that honked at you at the red light, like, like, I mean, you know, he could be going through a divorce. His wife could have left him. Like, you you just don't know. But we can house more compassion for each other with that understanding of our own conditioning.
1: Yeah, and that kind of stems into every time you see somebody reacting poorly or responding poorly, I like to go, what could potentially be going on right now? And also seeing them more as a child.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're all just children, aren't we? <laughs> yeah.
1: We are. The way that we react to things, yeah, we are like children. Mm-hmm. We all are. I am too still, guys. Like, well, no one's perfect. There's yeah. no, you don't get to a certain place where you've spent a certain amount of money on personal development or you've seen enough coaches or you've done enough things that you're like, oh, yeah. I healed like I'm good I'm like perfect that doesn't happen that moment will never come you look for it good luck
0: (laughs) I think that's the biggest misconception is just like healing is just like one big line of like up and up and up and up and up and then I'm like healed but like as much healing as I've done I've always realized that there is going to be like those peaks and troughs like I'm gonna fall down into a ditch and I'm gonna feel like really bad or like I'm gonna get really triggered by something and I'm gonna like behave in a way that I'm not proud of like I don't think that healing is ever linear. You're not just like randomly cured. Every single day is the journey. Like it is like, okay, what can I learn today? (laughs) Yeah, Always.
1: (laughs) Always. It's never going to stop happening. God, if there was like a magical way of that stopping happening, I think I would have found it by now because I have looked. My God, have I done the legwork?
0: I've looked everywhere, (laughs) which is so funny. I love that. I think it's so amazing. Now, I love the work that you're doing with women. And uh, I just think it's so important. Because like you were saying before, we have this conditioning, we're taught that we're not enough, we don't have any self worth. And it's like, it's hard to find it. And it can be a really lonely path. And I think what you're doing is just helping these women along the way, like you're just holding their hand and just being like, it's okay. It's a safe place. And like, my hat goes off to you for doing that because I know that that must be also really, really tough on yourself as well. It can be.
1: I mean, it's pretty good. I love it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I can really enjoy it. And there are definitely moments like I've gone through burnout and really badly, really badly burnt myself out wow. um, from the work, but I just had to shift and pivot. Because it's kind of, it's one of those, like I got into this because of the pain that I'd experienced and not understanding it and then coaching changed my life. So I was like, okay, a lot of other people are going like, this is the magic and a lot of other people need to experience this. Um, And you can burn out. You can be a coach and burn out bad. And you can like really deeply care and still burn out if you don't look after you too.
0: Whoa. I have to look after
1: myself. Yeah, and I've mean, I got boundaries. Like I can't be responding to everybody's messages all day long. Like I ain't got time. I have one-to-one clients, and they're the ones who you know have pay the higher price point, and they get that one-to-one work. And then you know, there's all different types. But I I love community because I know when I first started and I first got into this work, I felt so deeply du- judged by so many people. Like people were horrible to me when I first started coaching. Really, really? awful. Yeah, really awful. Really awful. Um, take- it's fine. I beg, I beg your pardon.
0: Type of people people are new yeah yeah way yeah Mm. what was arising um
1: just the whole like who are you to do this type stuff you know
0: Mm
1: -hmm. like did the usual stuff that people get into um i'm sure it triggered a lot of people as well because that would have been like oh well she's doing this thing now, I want to do that, or I wish I could do that, or whatever it might be, I don't know, but some people just didn't fully like it, or, and to be completely fair, you know, four years ago, it wasn't really as big as what it is today, (laughs) so, like, the coaching space, it was getting there, but, like, I think in the last, like, 18 months, it's really grown, and, like, people are really into it now, and and are accepting of coaches working and doing, like, sharing their magic, but it wasn't always like that. So, um, yeah, it was fine though. Thank I do not even know where I, where I was going with that. Where,
0: where did, why did I bring that up? It's literally brought something up for me that I would really like to share. And it's people have a perception of us, especially the people that are close to us. And they know us when we were doing the numbing activities, the, the binge drinking, perhaps we were, you know, overeating, we were eating KFC and junk food and all this type of food, you know, they've seen us, if we were partying, heaps or doing drugs or I don't know, that whole line of questioning, they've seen us at that point. So people have a perception of you and they believe that you can never be anything but that. But this is my opinion. Who are you to say that we can't change and that we can't evolve and that we can't be a better version of ourselves than we were back then. I think it really strikes people. And there are people in my family who can't, sorry, my family, <laughs> yeah. they can't see past that old version of myself. So they're still really resistant to the podcast or to the things that I've spoken about publicly on social media, about mental health, et cetera. But, you know, I I was an old version of myself. So were you. You had that old persona. But like the whole part of this self-development game or like journey or like experiences that you develop. So like I'm so glad that you went through that because you've experienced like the nitpicking and the worst of it. But also look at you now, like thriving. Like your community is huge. You're making such an impact. You're telling me about a program that's about to have 50 people in it like good on you for not listening to those people in the beginning and letting your your old story tell you you weren't good enough because you could have very easily have packed up and quit right then and there Mm,
1: first year my god did I want to it was so hard (laughs) But like, I think, and also speaking means that like, sometimes we do fall into those bad habits and bad patterns again. And like, that's part of the journey. And as a coach, you're going to, I would be really surprised if you didn't. So when you do fall back into it, it doesn't mean that's the whole of you. That's just a part of you that and you need to listen to yourself mm. and go, Oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> what do I really want?
0: Yeah. It's about humanizing all of us, you know, mm-hmm. just as, someone is a coach or a leader in a space, it doesn't mean that they also don't have the dark shades as well. They have the light, but they also have the dark. I have someone in my world that I really value really highly, and he is like a light leader. Yet I also really know that he loves to get on the piss and he loves to drink and have a lot of fun. And that's just his, like, the the shade of grey and the dark side. Like, we all have that symbiosis. It's and people have to have a little bit of understanding about that, you know?
1: Yeah. And, like, all of it's perfect. Mm. I don't think there's anything wrong. Like, if you, people want to drink, go, I mean, go for it. I still enjoy having a few glasses of wine. Like, I'm not going to lie, you know? I don't – I'm not – I would never put myself on a pedestal and be like, oh, yeah, I don't know what that's like. Like, I've quit at the moment temporarily. I don't know how long for because of isolation because I'm in Melbourne and I'm like, what's the point in doing that? I was will- <laughs> like –
0: alone
1: yeah so I've stopped but like I could change my mind tomorrow mm. and if that's aligned with me and that's perfect and that's part of my journey great I'll do it yeah you know
0: it's if, I think just okay. from it's okay you know like if I want to have a glass of wine it's okay if I want to yeah. have a packet of dumplings it's okay Right like, yeah. if I want to have crackers
1: which I love
0: it's okay I do love French fries, (laughs) like anything potato. It's like a deep-seated love, so much.
1: (laughs) Such a versatile, versatile vegetable, isn't
0: it? It's best.
1: Oh, you get it. You seriously? (laughs) (laughs) No, but I love it. And community is so important because I'm creating now what I didn't have when I started. You know, when I started getting just even just getting into it, like not even necessarily. like not even necessarily doing the coaching part of it, but starting to get into personal development, you you find you change quickly and you grow a lot. And sometimes people around you don't reflect that. And so it's really important to have community because people do fall into old patterns and old habits. And, uh, you know, it's a constant journey and you're constantly evolving. And one thing that I noticed when I was doing so much one-on-one work, because I have like, that was my jam was like, no, only do one-on-one. I would notice people would have to come back because their outer world, like their family, their friends did not reflect the inner work that we were doing, you know, and you become the top five people that you spend the most time with. So if you've got a great community of people who are addicted to growth and who love growing and who want to be the best versions of themselves and also
0: want to celebrate you when you win, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a game changer. I'm so glad you've said that because that, it's huge I mean if you're going to be like trying to be better than the people around you but they don't understand or not be better than them rather but just like I think just to be different. being different doing yeah. something different exactly I think it's really important I started to notice when I started changing the way that I ate you know exercising then self-development everything that I changed like unfortunately so did my friends group after a while but also you know, you you make new friends that have different things in common with you. And it's not always bad to, you know, move on or leave things behind that no longer serve you or work for you. It doesn't mean you disconnect fully. It just means yeah. like, energetically you vibe on a higher frequency when you're around certain people. Yeah. And and that's nothing against anybody. And I think we get different things
1: from different people. You're never going to get everything you want from one person or from a group of people like a particular group of people I think you get it from lots of different groups of people that's just how I like to live my life at least you know I I have like a really close-knit group of friends who do coaching Mm. and they're very like I'm very close to them we collaborate a lot and we are constantly celebrating each other and it feels really good and I also have friends that I went to school with that I'm also really close to in a, in a different way that we, like, we're not really going to talk about work because they're like, I don't really get what you do. I'm like, that's so fine. You don't have to because <laughs> they just love me for me, which is great. So we all, yeah, we get different things from different people, you know, and you have like your friends that you go out for dinner with and like your friends that you can sit around in your PJs with, and
0: watch a movie with, Like it's just different people for different things. And having those people is really important. Community, it makes us feel like we're a part of something. We all want to feel like we belong. And, yeah, I think if the listeners take anything away from this part of the conversation, it's like find your people, you know. Mm. Don't think about the toxic place that you have to stay there.
1: Yeah, and the people that are out there, I used to have this belief that there was no one like me. No one, like, young doing coaching. I didn't think that there were people. And then I started to get myself into communities and I would do the coaching. Like, I, I spent so much money in coaching. It's not even funny. So, <laughs> but you don't have to do this. Please understand you do not have to do this. Um, but I would just get myself involved in those communities and I would meet people and I would connect with them deeper than anyone else. And, yeah, it was a, a massive game changer. Massive. And that's why I get so excited. Like even connecting with Steph today, I'm like, I feel so deeply connected. Yeah. Because like we have such a similar vision and it's just, you can't help but connect to like-minded people. And this was from like, oh yeah, we've just been messaging each other on Instagram for a long time. Just, you know, you're doing so well. I love this. Like just, you know, hype girling each other essentially. And
0: then we we get to have this deeper connection. It's amazing. I know it is. And look, I'm going to be the first to say this right now. It's just like, So many people that I've met through Instagram as like a community platform have now shaped and become the people in my life that are like, oh, they're so important to me. And some of them I've never even met before. You know, (laughs) in Queensland, I've got people on the other side of Melbourne that I've never met before, yet we talk every single day. We're all about like high vibe. Just like, it's like what you were saying. We pump each other up. It's the same as what you and I do. And These people are so important to me. And I think that's the beauty of Instagram when you use it or how we use it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be used in healthy ways. Anyone who's like watching this and if you listening to this, sorry, if you are following people that make you question yourself and make you feel bad about yourself, probably stop following them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. There's a difference
1: between being triggered in like a good way of like, oh, I haven't done that. I should probably do that. And like, oh my God, why don't I have boobs that look like that? Like there's a difference. Yeah. So notice the
0: difference and
1: don't follow the people that make you feel bad about yourself.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I love what you've just said though. When you get triggered, it's like an invitation for you to do the work.
1: Yeah. I trigger people all the time. Uh, do you know how many people have had messaged me being like, I actually had to unfollow you for a period of time because you triggered me? <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's fine. And then they come back or they start working with me or whatever it might be. And they're like, yeah, I like fully was so triggered by you for a while there. And I have other friends who have had the same experience. Where they're like, yeah, people have definitely unfollowed and then followed back because they get triggered. And if you can own that, like more power to you, that's amazing. I've definitely done it. If I've seen, I, I remember when I, I had this like period of my life where I got really jealous of other coaches doing really well. And I'd be like, oh, I can't do that. And I would either mute them mm. or I would fully unfollow them because I was like, that's out of my reach. And it's like, no, that just means it's possible.
0: <laughs> yes. I think you wrote a post recently about like, I'm sorry if I trigger you or something like that. But like, I'm glad. Job. You. Yeah. I reflected so deeply on that post and I was so glad that you wrote about that and that we're also talking about it today because I think similarly to you, I've definitely triggered a few people, especially in the last year. I noticed the fluctuations in people like leaving my page, people saying different things to me, but I also really want to bring to the forefront of their mind, like why is your conditioning teaching you that this is a bad thing? like Mm. it's not a like a really valuable like time for you to realize like what is your conditioning actually saying and like what is it
1: yeah yeah and not like not everyone's gonna like what we do that's fine you don't have to watch like it's all good and I get it like I'm like I don't think I'm for everyone Mm. I fully know I, if I, if it is not aligned, if following is not like, don't like, if it doesn't feel good to you, why, why would you do that to yourself? Like that's just putting you through pain.
0: But um,
1: yeah, I don't, I don't expect everyone to like what we do. Why it's not right for everyone. That's cool. And I don't, it's, it isn't because coaching isn't right for everyone. You know, if you're deeping, de- dealing with like deep um, psychological disorders or anything like that, it's probably not right for you. Probably isn't. It might be in some regard for some people, but with my stuff, no, it is not right for you.
0: And I love what you said. Like, if it's not right for you, like, that's great. Like, that's good for you. I love how when you are showing up on Instagram, you show up exactly as you. Like, I'm looking at you and, like, it is authentic, Laura, all the time. And I think you provide a really beautiful example to other women out there. Like, you know, you don't need to put on like a full face of makeup to go and do an Instagram story about something that you did that day. Like you just show up and I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I was going to put on
1: makeup for you, but I was like, no, fuck that. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not wearing it now. I was like, no way. And I was like, Steph sees me. No way. I'm not doing that. But, but yeah, that was so hard though, to be authentic on Instagram. Like that, that's been a journey. A massive journey. That's been really hard. That was a hard one for me to break through. But oh my god, am I glad that I'm just doing it? Because I, it just feels so much better. And I like to be a permission slip for women to do the same.
0: Yeah, and also like you've given yourself the permission slip. Like once you like allowed yourself to be that vulnerable, you let go of that like people pleasing nature. Also your perfectionism. Like all these things that you've been working on. You were also like, okay, cool, permission slip for myself too
1: yeah and it's the best like why would we not women are so awesome makeup or not like we're great
0: (laughs) I know like it's so great it enhances us it makes us look glorious and beautiful but also I think there is something so powerful about like looking raw and showing up exactly as you are I think there's so much power in that
1: yeah and it doesn't make you less or worse or better or any like you know, for some, for a lot of women, and I don't want anyone to feel like, oh, I shouldn't be showing up or like looking cute or like to be shamed. Like, please no one take that as being shamed because I do it. I've done it. Like I've had filler. Like I have done all the things thinking all those things would fix me and fix the way I felt about myself. And none of it did. Like, it doesn't work. It's about showing up for yourself and seeing the beauty within you. Like, which is so funny because I literally have a program on this called The Real Radiance. (laughs) Yeah, and like showing that inner glow because I think when people are in alignment and when they are fully themselves and they look after them, they glow. Mm. They glow and they are radiant. And you can't even pinpoint. It's not about like they could gain weight, lose weight, doesn't matter. It's nothing about that. It's an inner thing. Like you see it on people. You can feel it. It's this weird energy. And like, yeah, I want to teach people how to do that. Because I think I've really done that in the last like year or so. I've leveled up and really been able to show that now.
0: For sure. Like you are the definition of glowing. Everything you do radiates through. So like the fact that you're now doing that for other women, that's just brilliance. Because you're sharing what you've learned. I think that's the whole part of this. Like, it's not like owning all of this for yourself and being like, okay, like, I'm amazing now and that's it. But you're actually like, no, now I'm going to go serve my community. I'm going to help others. It's amazing. Yeah, Yeah, it's great. (laughs) This has been such a fun conversation. We've just gone in, you know, a million different directions. And, you know, I was wondering, you know, before we do start to wrap this conversation up, is there something that you really want to talk about today something that you think the listeners like really need to know you think that they'll be better off for knowing hmm. i think it just comes back down to
1: it's important to show up for you can't expect others to show up for you if you're not willing to show up for yourself And if you need a sign to start working on yourself, take this as one.
0: Absolutely. Now, tell me a little bit about how the listeners can actually find you, work with you and all the beautiful things that you're actually putting out into this world right now. Amazing. Um, So (laughs) I'm like full dancing. I'm like,
1: yeah. (laughs) Um. So I run mostly group programs. I have a waiting list for one-to-one client places. Um, But if you want to kind of like, I don't suggest, you know, listening to a podcast and immediately inquiring, like get a vibe, look through my stuff, see if it resonates. If it doesn't like, that's so fine. Um, But you can find me on Instagram. It's Laura Grady Coaching. That's like the number one place to find me. Um, And you can sign up there. Like I do a monthly... I'm doing a monthly free masterclass that people can join as well. Women can join. Sorry, guys. If there's any men listening, love you. Sorry. he.
0: <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, yeah, that's the best place to find me. I do have a new program launch. I'm not sure when this is coming out, um, but like this podcast is coming out, but that's called The Real Radiance and that's a four-week program that's tapping into that real glow and showing up and just like the basics like where to start most people don't know where to start and this is the stuff that I take my one-to-one clients through but now you're just going to get it in a group format so it's serving more people
0: (laughs) yeah amazing beautiful I just yeah I love what you're doing I love what you're about and I think yeah thank you just for being here and for sharing yourself yeah thanks for sharing your radiance (laughs) oh thank
1: you thank you for having me i'm deeply grateful for the opportunity and for being able to connect as well it just feels like we've just had a conversation it doesn't even at all like that usually i would get quite nervous with podcasts and i felt so comfortable immediately it's amazing
0: oh good i'm so glad i love just having a little bit of a chat and it helps me get to know you it helps them get to know you so yeah thank you so much laura Thank thank you what a fun episode that just felt like two old friends sitting down having a cup of coffee and talking about the things that we care about in the world and that's what i love about these conversations it's that i get to connect with beautiful humans and so do you guys i'm so honored to be able to do this each and every week and i would like to say a massive thank you to laura for sharing so openly and so vulnerably with us It is such a gift to all of us and hopefully it's created a few questions within yourself that you've never really thought of before and you now have the opportunity and the invitation to head out into your own world and seek some answers. It is my heartfelt request that you head out from this episode and head over to the podcast app and leave me a beautiful review. I would love to hear from you and your thoughts on this episode and other episodes you've listened to before. And don't forget to hit subscribe before you head away so that you'll be notified whenever I drop a new episode down. Thank you so much and I will talk to you all in my next episode.